Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Give a clap of praise to Jesus Christ. How many of us are ready to hear from the Lord? This month we are celebrating the goodness of God. We are celebrating the goodness of God. And God has surely been good. Will you lift up your hands wherever you are and just for some 30 seconds, just appreciate the Lord. Just think about His goodness from the beginning of the year up till now. And how gracious He has been to us. Yes. Ten lepers received cleansing from the Lord Jesus. Yet only one came back to come and give glory to God. And He was a stranger. Hey. Will you lift up your voice? Will you lift up your voice? Yes, will you lift up your voice? Everybody, let your voice arise. Let your voice arise. Let your voice arise. Don't let God feel as though you are shy of giving praise. Let your voice arise. Let your voice arise and magnify Him right now. Bless Him. Bless Him. Bless Him. Oh, glory. Just think about His goodness. Oh, and the song has just told us in the grace of God. The song I just ministered to us It's just the grace of God Look at the play Oh the graciousness of God The play told us something That there's something known as the goodness of God There's something known as the kindness of God There's something known as the grace of God There's something known as the mercy of God Oh and that is what we celebrate today That is what we celebrate today That is what we celebrate Oh, we give more than the mind can comprehend. This is one thing that we can testify. That it is your grace. It is your grace. And today as overcomers, Father, we say thank you for the victories. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for causing your goodness to show forth in our lives. Even when we did not deserve it, you chose to show us your goodness. The Bible says, and that is, not, that is so true. Even when we are unfaithful, you remain forever faithful. Because you cannot deny yourself. We say that blessed be your name. We say that blessed be your name. And this morning, show us your goodness. Show us thy glory. Show us thy glory. Show us thy glory. Show us thy glory. And let your children testify that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Oh, blessed be your name. We honor you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Will you celebrate Jesus right now? Come on, is that called celebration? I said celebrate Jesus. Oh, come on, is that celebration? I said celebrate Jesus. The one who has been forgiven much. I am the one that you have shown mercy. If you are such a person, let your celebration show. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Father. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. Say this. Say, Father, Father say in the, name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, thank you for your grace. For your grace. Today, Today I, declare, I declare my heart is open, my, my mind is ready, is ready to receive with humility, 
be your word that can change my life. So I declare the word of God will come alive in my spirit. And my life will never be the same again in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout a big amen. Do the clap of to the Lord. Can you take your seat in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. God is good all the time. God is good and all the time. Last Tuesday, I began sharing on the subject of the goodness of God. I began to tell us about a certain component of God that uh, is most desirable and brings advantage into our lives. And as we went into the world, we beheld how gracious God is and how mysterious His goodness is. When we talk about the goodness of God, we are not talking about just what, what He uses as a reward or recompense of our actions. No, the goodness of God is His nature. It is His nature. Romans chapter number 11, the verse number 22. Apostle Paul, if anybody has experienced the goodness of God, Apostle Paul will be someone to testify. Because looking at his background as somebody who persecuted the church of God, who killed the people of God. He killed Christians. He, he, he died them, I tell you. He was moving from house to house. The Bible says moving from town to town, pulling them out of their houses and killing them. The Bible says some of them he threw in prison and some of them he watched over uh, those who stoned them to death. And the Bible, if you study church history, this man did not even spare women and children. So long as you name the name of Jesus Christ, so long as you pronounce the name of the Lord over your life, you were a target for him. And so Paul for in the, in the, after all of he, all that he had done, for God to show him mercy, and for God to come in and save him, and you decide to use him as an apostle, Paul knew what the goodness of God was. He knew what the grace of God was. He knew what the kindness of God was. And so when you look through all the, 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 the ministry of Paul, every time he kept appreciating God, ah, he could pick me as well and use me. You have, not let, you have not killed any Christian, have you? You have not imprisoned any believer. If even that one was a candidate for the goodness of God, I declare you also experience that goodness. I said, I declare you also experience that goodness in the name of Jesus Christ. And it is possible. It is possible. Romans 11, the verse number 22, from the King James Version of the Holy Bible. It says that, therefore, consider the goodness and the severity of God. Ah, oh, the goodness and the severity of God on those who fail severity, but towards you, goodness. Say towards me. Say towards me. The goodness of God. He said, those who fell away, it was the severity of God. And when you look at the context of this, those who fell away that he was referring to was talking about the children of Israel. Those who initially were the first to experience the show of the Lord's mercy. They were the first to experience the goodness of God. When he saved them from Egypt and, was, and decided that he was going to send them into a land that was flowing with milk and honey. The Bible tells us, yes, because of their unbelief, they fell short of the goodness of God. Because they could not trust God, they fell short. So, because of that, the severity of God, or the sternness of God, or the punishment of God, came upon them. And so when I studied these scriptures, among other scriptures, I realized the first inclination of God is not to punish us. The first inclination of God to his children is not to show them his severity or his tenderness. Did you realize that it was only after they fell away or they misbehaved that the tenderness of God came towards them? So, God is not somebody who is looking for every little mistake that you have made so that he strikes you down. No, he's actually his default state is to show you his goodness. His default state is to show you his kindness. And that is what Paul was talking about. He's saying that we serve a God who has two sides. One, the goodness of God. He will use that as the first word. Not because he, 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 was, he was under some compulsion to... to uh, he, 
It was because that was that's the first revelation he has of God. The goodness of God and then the severity of God to those who fell his tenderness, but to you. To you, his goodness. That is talking about to us believers. I see, initially it wasn't even to us first. To those who fell. You know, when we look at this, it's as though those who fell experienced the severity only. But when you study the background of this scripture and you realize the reference to the children of Israel, you realize that even to them first, it was his goodness. It was his goodness. So, this was written as an admonition. He said, his, to, to de- those who fell, his severity, that toward you is goodness. If you continue in his goodness, so why did those who fell experience the sadness of God? It is because they did not continue in his goodness. They did not continue in his grace. So, he wants them, otherwise you will also be cast off if you decide not to continue in the goodness of God. So, isn't this amazing? That means that whether you experience God's goodness or severity, it depends on you. It is not dependent on God. God is not saying that I will choose, that I will show you goodness and then when I look at you and I wake up on the back side of my bed, I will just be evil to you. I will show you my, my sternness or I will, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be hard on you. No. He's saying that it all depends on you. If you choose to continue in the goodness of God, if you continue to believe that God is good, if you continue to have faith in God's word, that despite your weaknesses, God can show you mercy. He said that if you have that kind of heart, you will continue in his goodness. In the Wayward New Testament uh, translation of the Holy Bible, he uses the, uh, he uses the word that Kindness of God. The kindness of God. He said, notice therefore God's kindness. God's kindness. Some people, uh, the reason why some cannot give God praise is because they don't notice. They don't notice. There are people who walk with God and they don't open their understanding to observe the things that God is doing. But today I pray that your eyes will be open. That you not be among those who say that, oh, it is a normal thing for God to give me life. It is a normal thing for me to sleep and to wake up. It is a normal thing for me to see the, the, the kindness of God. It is not a normal thing. It's a notice. Can you just consider? Consider. It means take notes. If you don't take notes, you cannot bless God. He cannot bless God. In the book of Psalm chapter number 23, from the verse number 1 to the verse number 6, and that is going to be the foundation for my message to you or my sharing with you today. Uh, we experience uh, David, a man who experienced the goodness of God. And listen to what he says. that The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. What follows? He restored my soul. He leaves me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Verse number four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Huh? Let's go on. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And what do you do after that? You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. The, the, the most important part in our message today. Can we read it together? Surely, goodness and mercy shall us. Mm-hmm. How long? For how long? Forever. But look at what he said. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As you study the scripture from the verse number one, you realize that this is a conclusion. When somebody uses surely, it's just like Jesus would say, verily, verily, I say unto you. It is a conclusion to a matter. It is uh, an assumption you have come to after considering certain things uh, that have been put in place. And because of these things, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely, goodness, the kindness of God, like Romans chapter 11 verse 22 put it, uh, the kindness of God shall follow me. The word shall is a definite word. 
It's very definitive. It's not saying that surely the goodness and the mercy of God may follow me. May is an indefinite word. It means that it may or may not be. It means that it's a probability. Are we together? But when he uses shall, it is a statement of fact. It means that he's certain about the assumption or the conclusion that he's coming to. What will give this man so much boldness to make this declaration as though it was an inerrant, infallible uh, statement? Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not going too far. Oh, it's okay. Amen. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Now I have a meter. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Praise God forevermore. <laughs> yeah. It is powerful. But you see, if you go to a good school, it is <laughs> inevitable. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Yeah. See, the man was so certain. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And when you look into the life of David, indeed, goodness and mercy did follow him. He experienced the goodness of God. Somebody who was rejected in his family and was relegated to the backside of the desert to rise up and to become the king. And not just a king, but the greatest king in Israel. He went to war and David never lost a battle. He, he saw grace manifested in his life over and over again. So if this man says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, he knows what he's talking about. Shall we receive my father? Uh, Reverend Prosper Kofi Geraldo, Papa, you are welcome. Hallelujah. God bless you so much. Shall we take our seats in the presence of the Lord? Now I'm going to be more careful. <laughs> amen and amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I pray that after today's message, somebody over here can also get the boldness to be able to make a declaration over your own life that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And it will not be wishful thinking. It will not be wishful thinking. The man actually literally experienced the goodness of God. He grew in wealth. He grew in fame. He grew in power. Every one of his, every one of the wars that he went to, he was victorious. That was the goodness of God manifesting in his life. That was the kindness of God, the graciousness of God manifesting in his life. Even in the days when people, in fact, when you study the life of David, you realize that it's one of the kings that people, he had more uh, rebels and traitors than any other king. When I study the life of David, even two of his own biological sons rose up against him. Adonijah and Absalom. And then he had Shimei, and then he had Joab. So many people rose up against David. But you see, none of them were able to defeat him. None of them were able to remove him. Why? Because there's something that was upon his life known as the goodness of God. If there was no point in the story of David where you heard that, oh, he was assassinated and another person took his place. Every single situation, every time, God finds a way of escape for him. That is the goodness of God in expression. The man did not live an ordinary life. He lived a life that was the expression of the goodness of God. He said, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It was a realization and a conclusion. It was a realization and a conclusion. So today I want to share with you on the subject, how to experience the goodness of God. How to experience the goodness of God. Before I even go into the how, I just feel it's important to go back to understand what is the goodness of God. Number one, the goodness of God represents the kind, benevolent nature of God. There's an aspect of God which is his benevolent nature. What do I mean by benevolent nature? It is the part of God that wants to do you good. That wants to show you kindness. That wants to deliver you out of troubles. Romans eleven twenty two. We've already read, read that there are two aspects that we see in God: the 
kind part of God and the stern part of God, the severe part of God. So when we talk about the goodness of God, we are talking about that aspect of his nature that causes him to want to be a healer, that causes him to want to be a provider, that causes him to want to be a protector, that causes him to want to be a preserver. We just heard the, the, the song that the choir ministered to us. It is the goodness of God. It is the grace of God. I didn't even know that we were going to sing this song, but it just aligns with the message today. We saw from the play, and they showed the picture of a benevolent father, that even after he has, his son has sinned and gone astray, and had destroyed everything he had on prodigality, his father still opened up his arms wide and received him without dragging him. Are you understanding me? Some of us, when people do things to us, and the people apologize, we want, we want the apology to be at a certain level, a certain degree. We want to see it on the face. We want to see the mouth of the person shape properly. We want to see the person do, you see, so we drag the people. Are you understanding me? No, 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 no. I, 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 I don't think you are sorry. I don't think you, you are feeling really bad. Come on, me, I do that. I don't know about you. You are doing like you are holy, but you have given up forgiving me yet. What are you talking about? We drag them. But for the father that we saw in that representation, the son, according to Jesus, was even a far off. If you study the writings, it was almost as though the father was always standing on the balcony of the house, looking out to see, when is my son coming? When is the day that my son is coming back to me? And the Bible says that while the son was in the midst of apologizing, he said, get up and he called the servants to come and take off his robes, wash him, and put upon him a new robes, scarlet robes, representing royalty. He said, get the father calf, Slaughter him for celebration supply. He said, Go and get my ring that I've kept in my special place. Put it upon his hand so that he functions by my authority. The son didn't even come to ask for any of these things. He said, oh, Father, if you could even just take me as a servant. Oh my goodness. But I see the goodness of what causes God to do more than we are expecting. He wanted to be treated as a servant. The, 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 the Father treated him as a master. As a master. Is that not a celebration of the goodness of God? Is that not a manifestation of the kindness of God? I pray that that aspect of God will show forth in your life. I pray that even when you have heard, you have a heart that can believe that God can still be good to me. In the name of Jesus Christ. It is that part of God that causes him to be benevolent towards us. Number two, what is the goodness of God? Is the aspect of God that brings advantageous experiences into the lives of men. Look, when we talk about grace, I read somewhere that it is G and then race. G-R-A-C, right? Grace is G and then R-A-C. Somebody said that G represents God. So, grace is God in the race. God in the race. That when God, the God element that comes into your race of life and causes you to begin to gain advantage. That is what grace is. It is what we call unmerited favor. God's appearance in your situation that causes you to have the advantage. In Psalm 31, verse number 18, look at what it says. It says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear you, which you have wrought for them that trust in you before the sons of men. So among the sons of men, God can cause you to stand out and with a manifestation of his goodness. That is what Paul spoke about in Romans chapter number 8, verse 28. He said, we know all things work together for us. Good, an expression of his goodness. When the goodness of God expresses in your life, you begin to see good things happen to you. Are you understanding me? So, when you see anything good in your life, ah, you can say, wow, that is the goodness of God showing up. <laughs> when you see God open a certain door for you, which you see that it's a good door, oh my goodness, that is the goodness of God. Every expression of advantage is an expression of the goodness of God. So, there's a God component in our race. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Somebody's about to see God's goodness in your education. Look, I am a full-time pastor, full-time minister, and I want to do a doctoral course, uh, doctor of pharmacy. It is not an easy course. 
It's not an easy course. I remember one of the semesters, I was busily planning the retirement of my father, Reverend Dr. Uh, Reverend Dr. Prosper Kofi Geraldo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Baba, what is mine is yours. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. And on the day of the retirement, the very next morning, I was writing an exam. And the exam was for one of the most voluminous of the courses. So many, uh, so many slides to read, so many handouts, so many things to touch on, so many articles to go, go through before I can even have the, and this somebody I'm not even practicing. So, I, I would not say that, I, in fact, the course I did was, it's targeted towards practicing pharmacists. So, especially the pharmacists who are working in the hospitals or working in community pharmacies who meet a lot of people with problems. So, the course is geared towards experiences you have in the field. Me, the, what I, the experience I have is come out. The experience I have, I have is be healed. The experience I have is that, ah, that I see an anointing coming upon your life. What are you talking about? And I go and sit in the classroom full of people who some are coming from hospitals, have been practicing for 10 years, 20 years, some have been practicing for 30 good years, and I'm sitting with them. How am I going to rub shoulders with them? How am I going to understand what they understood? But somewhere, somehow, you see, I was able to go shoulder to shoulder, boot to boot, to the point that even now I was considered one of the resources of the class. How does that happen? The goodness of God. And the exam, Papa, I went to write, you know, after that day when I was sitting over there in the, in the church auditorium while the service was going on, there were like about 80% of the notes I've not read before. I'm not saying I've read before and then I have not read over. I've not even touched the Nanda. I've not touched them before. And I am at that. And right after we close the program around 4 p.m., 5 p.m., miracle service over here. And me too, I am not the kind to say that I, 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 won't, I won't preach. I came to preach over here. The flight is supposed to take off at 7 o'clock. 6 30, come and see me. When I got there, they had even closed the counter. I said, Look at me. Oh, somewhere, somehow, something shined on my face. They said, come and, come, come, come and pass, come and pass and go. It was the goodness of God. It was the goodness of God. It was the goodness of God. As I sat in the uh, 35 or so minutes flight to Kumasi, I landed over there. When I got to the airport, picked taxi, went to uh, my living accommodation. Ah, people had been learning for no hours or for days. I had colleagues who had come two weeks ahead to come and prepare for the same exam that we are going to write. And me, even one day, 24 hours, cry. And, oh my God. You don't understand what I'm talking about. But for me to go to the exam hall and write the same exam, and we came out and I was looking better than some of those who have been studying for two weeks. Only the goodness of God can do that. Only the goodness of God. And I didn't fail. Come on, how can I fail? Me, fear, never. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, it is the God component in the race that brings advantage to you. It is supernatural. It is not because I am an overly studious person or I know better than them. No, 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 no. I can only attribute all of these things to the grace of God. I want to write an exam and I saw that I wasn't writing the exam. The exam was writing me. The exam was writing me. It was like, hey! My goodness, as I sat, oh my God, I'm not sweating. How can you be sitting in AC and be sweating? My goodness. Then I pull, I pull out my handkerchief and I doze myself a bit. I'm like, wow. Sweating in the midst of air condition. It, 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 this one, there, it, it is not a grace of God. <laughs> no, I beg. I beg. This goodness, I don't want to experience this goodness. Glory to Jesus Christ. My goodness. I was like, hey. This is what is happening over here. I finished the exam and I didn't even have confidence that I would even pass 40. Uh, I had 40 answers correct. Oh, but thank God we know what to do in these situations. Oh, when I came back on Miracle, I think to finish the exam on Friday, Miracle Service was on Sunday. When I lifted the prayer, lift up your voice and pray for a miracle. God is moving over here. While people thought I was interceding for them, they don't know. My, the man of God was settling his own case over here. Glory to Jesus Christ. As I was lifting up my voice and praying in other tongues, I knew that the exam, if God does not intervene, uh, my goodness, my goodness. 
Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And when the results came, not even one. Not even one. We did not suffer casualties, even a single one of them. This is what I call what the goodness of God. The goodness of God. The God component in the race that brings advantage. He said, we know that all things work together for good. That's why David can talk about goodness and mercy showers. Follow me. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Is that easy on? I think we can move to that side so that the baby can... You see, this is the American people, so they, 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 don't, they don't like this, our heat. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So that's another, another product of a powerful school, St. Augustine's College. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Whether you clap or not, the thing is true. Uh, all truth is absolute. Whether you like it or not, truth is truth. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And I'm still the one holding the microphone. <laughs> what is the goodness of God? It is that part that, of God that causes him to continually help men, irrespective of our moral weaknesses and physical frailties. It is an, there's some aspect of God. When you study the Bible, you know, God is extremely good. Many, I, I, I keep, one of the things that I keep, I remember when I used to preach back in St. Augustine's College, my God, my message was fire and brimstone. Hey, I can preach hell and people will be shaking. My classmates, they gave their life to Christ about 20 times. If you have given your life to Christ yesterday night and I'm preaching tonight, you have to give your life to Christ again. What do you mean? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. But when I grew up in the Word of God and I saw who God truly is, I saw that God does not look for our weaknesses and our sins. You know, Many of, and it's the problem is from us, the preachers. We have made, we have conditioned the hearts and the minds of people to think that God is out there to get you. God is out there to, is looking for your weaknesses and looking for your sins. And then he wants to judge you on that account. But I realize there is a certain component of God that even when we have fallen, he still goes through all lens just for us to be restored. Look at the children of Israel. What did they not do? Over and over and over again. Over and over again. One of the things that surprised me was when I read in the book of Genesis. How God appeared. God, the Bowser, the voice of the Lord was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the Bowser, when God called out to Adam. God called out to Adam. Why? Well, doesn't God know where he is. Doesn't God know where he is. And God took time and he asked the man questions as though God did not know the situation. You see, what I believe was that God was going through and wanted the man to just say, Lord, uh, uh, forgive me, I've heard. In fact, like I said on Tuesday, if Adam, Adam, I don't know what's, what's wrong with that, what happened to that father. <laughs> if, he, if he had just said, oh Lord, I'm sorry, that would have been the end of this wahala. Like everybody will be working in AC. What are you talking about? All the problems that we are facing was because one man could not accept that he had committed an error. So at the end of the day, what did he say? He said, uh, the woman that you gave me, <laughs> what, what did he do? He had, uh, he had absorbed himself of responsibility and said, God, you and this woman you brought, you are the cause of this wahala. You are the cause of this wahala. But in the midst of this, God still went ahead. The Bible says that after the curse was released upon the serpent and upon the woman and upon the earth, God still went ahead and he clothed man. He clothed man. Initially, when they committed the sin and the Bible said their eyes were open and they realized that they were naked, the Bible said they took leaves. Leaves talk about temporal things, things that do not last. And that's what happens when we use our own wisdom and our own works. We build castles. We build cities that do not last. We build legacies that do not last. But the Bible says that God killed an animal and used the, the, the skin of the animal to clothe them. To give them something that is more sustainable. That is an expression of the grace of God. What does that tell us? Comparing between the works of men and the grace of God. God's grace is more sustainable and longer lasting than our, all our human efforts combined. The grace of God. 
the goodness of God. There is an aspect of God, irrespective of our weaknesses, irrespective of our frailties. That means that if you commit an error today and you turn to God immediately, He will not tell you to keep confessing for 24 hours before I forgive you instantly. The Bible says He's faithful and what? Just when I, I came to that revelation of that scripture, faithful and just. Just is a word of legality. It means that if God does not do it, it means that he is an, an unfaithful God. It means that God will be in the wrong if he chooses not to forgive. He is faithful, constant, and just to forgive us our sins. And not only does he forgive us that particular sin, my goodness. Not only that particular error that we are confessing for, the Bible says he cleanses us from all, even the ones that we have not confessed yet. You know, somebody said that, oh, some people will go to hell because of unconfessed sin. You know, when I read scriptures like this, I, I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Oh, how do you become born again? You have to confess all your sins. No, 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 no. Then you mean that you have to go back and go and remember the chicken I stole from my mother's soup many, many years ago. You know, the Lord has opened my eyes. I, I can see them over here. Oh, but don't worry, we serve a good God. He has forgiven your chicken thief, chicken thief in the house of God. But God is merciful. Hallelujah. He said he forgives us all our unrighteousness. He cleanses us. He cleanses us. So any impurity, any defilement, he still takes care of that. Just because we came to him one time and said that we realize that this particular thing that we, we have done is wrong. Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And that also is an expression of his goodness. It's an expression of his goodness. Time will not permit me to go back into the book of Exodus when God revealed himself to Moses. And we saw over the forgiving iniquity of generations. No one generation, no one individual. Generations. That is how deep the blood is. That is how potent and powerful the blood is. Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, what is the goodness of God? It is also a realm of living where we live in. He says that if you continue in the goodness of God, Romans 11, the verse number 22, as I studied on the subject of the goodness of God, I realized that His goodness is in degrees. It's in degrees or it's in dimensions. I realize that the seasonal goodness, uh, uh, seasonal goodness in the book of uh, Psalm chapter 65 verse 11, it says that you crown the year with thy goodness. That means that there are certain times God manifests himself. So, for instance, in a, a year, we don't see harvest all through the year. Are we, are we together? There are seasons of harvest. Those seasons can be called the seasons of the goodness of God. The seasons of the goodness of God. So there are certain times that God makes certain graces available. In the book of uh, Exodus, or in fact, if you study the law, you realize that they have what we call the years of jubilee. So if you, are, you have suffered for six years, on the seventh year, it is a jubilee year. People who have been slaves are set free. People who have death are, 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 are free from those deaths. Those are seasons. So, there is seasonal manifestations of the goodness of God. Depending on your level of revelation, there are certain portions of, of time in the year or seasons of your life that you can experience the goodness of God. So, somebody said, I'm waiting for the day of my breakthrough. That is one level of the goodness of God. And I pray that this December, a season will manifest in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I saw also interventional experiences. That is when, because of a problem that we are going through, God comes through for us in those particular situations. I remember there was one, there's one member of this church, uh, a couple of years ago, he was being thrown out of his house. He had, re he had resigned from his company about four years, he couldn't get a job. And just around that time, we started overcoming this nation, he decided to come and start fellowshipping with us. His family had scattered his wife and left his children were all over the place because he could not take care of them. And now where he was living, the landlady said, I am coming from whichever country I am in to come and drive you out. And if I come on that Saturday and you are still there, you, you, you forget that you are even an elderly man. He called me, he kept saying that if there's any help that can be given, I told him that this is what God is telling me, he will intervene. He will intervene. He will call me sometimes late at night and say that I cannot even sleep. 
Mean to me, nah, I cannot even sleep. I called him one time, he rang and rang and rang, he did not pick. Well, later he called back, he said he had been walking on the street in front of the house, like a madman. He had left the phone in the room. In the room. In the room. God still said he's going to come through for him. He's going to come through for him. Two days to the time, so nothing has happened. People who are promising money, they are disappointed in family members, who, uncles who said they are going to give him a loan. All of them started turning him down. Two days to his disgrace. Two days to his shame. Can you imagine just a day to the time, all of a sudden a stranger appears from nowhere. And then the stranger gives him money and on that same day he gets a room, goes rents, pass out all his belongings, goes to deposit. Just one day to the time. Just one day to the time. Those are interventional experiences. So God intervened in the situation. Why? Because of his goodness. Three or four days after that, he got a job. Out of that job, he was able. He has been able to take care of his family. He has able. He was able to set up a place. He moved out of the single room. He went to rent. Went to uh, rent, get a bigger. In fact, I went to. I went to. Uh, I went to dedicate that place. It was a beautiful place. Very nice place. Very nice place. Now you look at him. You can see that. Ah, indeed. There's been a change. So those are interventional goodnesses. God can manifest in situations. So when you are going through a difficulty, it means that you can also activate that season of manifestation of the goodness of God in your life. If you are here and you are in debt, I pray may the goodness of God manifest in your life. If you are here and there's a sickness in your body, I pray may the goodness of God manifest in your health. If you are looking for a change of story, a breakthrough, may that Goodness manifests for you as well in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I saw also, and this is what I want everybody to come into, daily experiences. Daily experiences. And that is what David spoke about in Psalm 23 verse 6. He said that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me how many days? How many days? That means that 365 days in a year, oh glory, you can experience the goodness of God. 365 days, you can, God opens the door. If I saw a scripture in the book of Psalm chapter 68 verse 19, it said, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us. Meaning there's a pact of, wow. Forgive me, when I'm preaching, I, I listen to the preaching as well, and it's blessing me. Every day, there's a package of goodness available. Every single waking day, when you rise, that is why you can wake up every day and have some joy in your heart. Because that day, God has bundled something nice. Look nice. No ko beautiful. No ko fe That day for you. May you experience the daily expressions of the goodness of God. It is a realm we can come into. A realm we can come into where every single day something miraculous, something beautiful can happen. How many of us can believe God for that? May God lift us to that dimension. I said, may God lift us to that dimension. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, how do we move into the experience of this? I'm going to just share one point with you, and then I'm going to shelve the rest for another day. For another day. When you study the psalm that we are looking at today, the scripture under consideration, psalm number 23, the first thing that we see the psalm is talking about is God as his shepherd. If you want to experience the goodness of God, the first step is to accept God as your shepherd. Is to accept God as your shepherd. Who is a shepherd? A shepherd is a keeper, a protector, who is directly and completely in charge of the welfare of the flock. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. That is a very conclusive statement. The man had come to a place of realization and understanding and acceptance that nobody can take care of me except God. Nobody is responsible for my life except God. I'm not looking to man. I'm not looking to anybody. God is my source. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand. Say, God is my source. He has accepted that statement as a statement of fact. He, even though others may show up in his life and show some goodness, uh, he said that they are not his sources. God is his source. 
God is a shepherd. The man had a background of being a shepherd. And so he knew how the welfare of the sheep were his responsibility. And so when he saw how uh, bears came and lions came, and he, as a shepherd, had to fight for their deliverance, had to take care of them, tend them, feed them, and show that they are sustained. And he looked into his life at what God was doing in his life. He could come to only one conclusion. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. This is the beginning of the journey. And this is also where most of us miss it. Where most of us miss it. The goodness and the hesed of mercy of God is not for those who think that their lives are in their own hands. Hey, why are some people not in church today? Tell you, I forgot to sort myself out. Pa, pa, pa. I have to go and do something. I cannot come and sit in church. I have to go and do something to make sure something is coming. And many people make that mistake. And at the end of the day, what happens? They begin to cloud themselves with worries and cares. Now, I am not by that in any way saying that we shouldn't work. No. But even in the midst of the work, you should realize that God is your source. God is your source. When we even begin to understand this, you realize that somewhere, somehow, the law will order our steps to the right jobs that can change our lives. But when it becomes as though it is self-effort, remember the comparison I made between grace and then the works of men in, in, the garden, in the garden, Adam and his wife and what God supplied them. It is the same thing that is happening. When God wants, us, wants to close us, with, a, with, with something that is more permanent, something that is more sustainable, we are busily looking for leaves. Some are looking for plantain leaves. Some are looking for mango. Oh, stop that. I was coming there. <laughs> I don't know what kind of leaves that you are looking for. Cassava. Ah, yes. Cassava leaves. And some are, I don't know how to use the cassava leaves anyway. Whether they are going to knit them together or they are going to glue them together or they are going to sellotape. Sellotape. I can do. They are quite big. Glory to Jesus Christ. But you know, just a little heat and they all dry away. They all dry away. But when God is the one who supplies, He said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's why if anybody is on this earth and you have not accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life, you have not begun. Because that is the point where you accept, you start receiving God as your shepherd. God as your shepherd. You will be drowned in worries if you consider yourself the captain of your own life. You will be drowned in worries. What is worry? Being careful for something. Being anxious about something. Maria Webster Dictionary says that worry means to afflict your mind. Wow. Worry means to afflict your mind. The reason why some are not even able to smile when they come in public is because they, in private they have been afflicting their minds. Jesus said they worry about what will I eat, what will I wear, what will I drink, how will I look, what is my future like. Oh, and we thank God there are a lot of young people in church today. And many of us, we are worrying, how am I, how, how am I going to survive? Especially in the face of harsh economic conditions. Stuck difficulties that we are going through. What is, what, how, how is my future life? Some are wondering, will I ever even be able to build a house? Will I ever own a car? What is my future life? You see, when you become the captain of your life, you, be, you will be drowned in worries. Jesus said, the reason why the word of God doesn't work at times is because the cares of this world, they choke the word in the hearts of men. They choke the word in the hearts of men. They choke the word in the hearts of men. But I pray that today that mental affliction will be taken of you. I said that mental affliction will be taken of you. Luke chapter 8 verse 14. He said that, and that which fell among the, the tongues are they, which when they have heard, they go forth and are choked with cares. They are cares means worries. Oh, if you are parents, how will I take care of my children? Who pay the school fees for my children? So many things. And so because of that, sometimes you realize that people go and make a mistake. You see, young ladies, and then they tend to men that, oh, you know how to survive, how to survive. Uh, this dawn as I was praying, I was just flipping through social media. And I, you know, sometimes when you have studied and, and your brain is very hot, you just want to release some tension. I saw a certain video, and an 87-year-old woman had gone to look for a lawyer. Why? She was being charged with armed robbery, 87-year-old. 
And you know her excuse? We have to eat. We have to eat. The cares. When you listen to it, it was a bad act, yes. But when we realize what was the motivation, the cares, anxieties, worries, they needed something to be taken care of in their lives. And at the end of the day, they made the biggest mistakes of their lives. When, when you are more worry-driven than faith-driven, you make mistakes in life. But I pray today God will help somebody to trust in Him and to see Him, God, as the shepherd of your life. Jesus said, I do not worry about tomorrow. He said, the day has enough burdens on, 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 uh, by itself. Do not worry. Do not let worries drown your faith. Glory to Jesus Christ. Luke 21, 34. He said, take, and take it to yourselves. Lest at any time your heart be overcharged. Your heart be overcharged with suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life. Your heart be overcharged. Your heart is weighed down, the New King James says, with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. Cares of this life. Hey, I'm growing. Will I marry? Who is even going to come to propose to me? Hey, which lady is going to accept my proposal? If they accept my proposal, how will I get married? Where will we stay? Hey, ah, oh. <laughs> Before you realize your, your entire life. Listen, learn to trust in the Lord. Learn to trust in the Lord. Listen, as we stand over here, we are product of trusting in the Lord. We are product of trusting in the Lord. When we started this church, those of you who started with us, we saw how we came. It was a bare, bare, a bare land. But today, a few years down the line, look at what God has done. Look at what God has done. It was all based on one five-letter word. F-A-I-T-H. Faith. Faith. Faith works. Faith works. Faith works. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, on Friday evening, the way she's looking at me is as though she's forcing me to share a testimony. Uh, uh, she came to share a beautiful testimony with me. She's part of my foundation class and was, uh, as part of the class, wanted to get uh, the manuals, wanted to get man the foundation school manuals. So they went to find out the cost of printing. Then when I started the foundation school class, the manuals, about three CDs or four CDs. Now, one manual I was hearing will cost about 21 CDs to print. She, was, she managed to get somebody to print it at 15 Ghana CDs. And she said that there are going to be 10 copies. I thought somebody was printing for, uh, to, for her for free, but she was actually paying for it. So she decided she was going to print 10 copies for the class. Uh, you see, <laughs> you don't have the money, but you say you do, you do good. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. So when she made that commitment, she didn't have one to see Ghana cities. Herself, she had school fees to pay. And so one week, the thing was not coming. Two weeks, the thing was not coming. Me, I thought some Zana, Zana is getting in here. The person had printed the thing and she could not go for it because her, the money was not ready. So just recently, I was in this past week, right? This week, uh, uh, she received a school fee. So father sent you the school fee. So, and said, you know, if the fees have come, what I committed that I would do for God, let me do it first. And I don't know I'm going to get a top up for the school fees. She took out of the school fees and she went to go and pay for the, the printing of the material. She said, as soon as she handed the money to the gentleman and took the material, she received a momo alert. She had received three times the amount. Instantly. There was somebody who, was, who saw her celebrating. And so what is happening? She told her the testimony. She said, ah, then let me also tap into what you are. So she, the person blessed her with 20 Ghana cities. As soon as she took the money, the person also received an alert. The person's brother had sent her more money. Was it a hair or a hair? A hair. I don't know why the hairs are getting so many testimonies. But the hymns or the hymns, you better rise up. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. That, no, but that is an, a, 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 trusting the Lord. It works. It works. It works. Having complete and absolute faith in God. Listen, don't let social media deceive you. Don't let social media deceive you. Where people make it look as though God is irrelevant. And everything is according to our own strength. Our own strength. 
uh, a couple of days ago, uh, I, I took court. He thought he was going to, but then by God's grace, uh, I was the one who picked the court that day. And he was sharing with me some amazing manifestation of the goodness of God. He took a step of faith, a leap in what looks like a darkness. And by the time you land, you realize that God is actually there waiting for you. God is actually there waiting for you. Listen, life is full of a lot of risks. But there's a risk that always brings a good manifestation. That is a risk of faith. That is a risk of faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, how many ways? Acknowledge Him. And He will take care of you. I see God coming through for somebody. I see God coming through for somebody. I don't know who may be here today. Your heart has become burdened by the cares of this world. You are trusting God for a change in your life. Maybe some things have overcharged your heart. You sleep, you are not able to sleep. You lie down. Oh, one brother spoke to me. He said that, I thought I was asleep. And so something flashed outside the window. And I saw that my eyes were open all this while. 3 a.m., my eyes were open. <laughs> Cares of this world. And it's serious, though. Baba, this man is not even up to 30 years old. And the cares of this world are beginning to drown him. Today, God is inviting you to the altar of faith to cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, the thanksgiving, let your requests, your desires, your needs, and your wants be made known unto the Lord. He said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things that you are looking for, they shall be added unto you. He said, for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of this. Isn't it amazing? He knoweth. He knoweth. It means that he knows. He knoweth. Is it knoweth? No, it means that he knows. King James brought He knows that you have need of this. Oh, baby. He knows that you, are, you, 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 you know that you also don't sleep alone forever. He knows. Oh, come on. He knows. Oh, I said he knows. Gentlemen, he knows that you are burning. He knows. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He'll bring you somebody to bring you rest. <laughs> that one is your fun belt that is gone. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows that you have financial needs. He knows. And he's going to take care of you. Today I came with a word of assurance from God. His goodness is available for you. And if you can begin to accept him as your shepherd and as your source, somewhere, somehow, supernaturally, he'll take care of you. I can tell you testimony upon testimony. Even when I was thrown out. Can you imagine the first day we started as a church? That was the first day I received a vision notice from my landlord. That I want my room. I said, have I done anything? He said, oh, no, 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 so forth. There's no problem. The first service we ever had as a church. When I got home that day, I was pleased with myself that by God's grace, the church has kick-started. And the landlord called me. Hello, Mr. Ebenezer. I'm going to tell you now. We say, oh, okay. And I went. I thought this man had, I was going to, I don't know, invite me for some naming ceremony or something. And then I saw, when your rent expires in four or five months, I want my room. I came back out of the room. I saw, I said, is there any, is there, there's no problem. Some relative is coming from outside. I want to give the place to Up to now, how many years later the relative has soon arrived? The plane is still in the airport. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. And now I had to quickly go and get a place. In fact, for I had to leave that place. And for three months I had to go and stay with my father. Not just because I, the money was not there. I'll come to church. And I will say, yeah, today is offering time. 
and then I'll be standing there speaking in tongues. It's not because I want to speak in tongues. I don't want to see that flow, so I couldn't give offering that day. Day in, day out. And every time I pray to the Lord, He said, just trust me. Trust me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. <coughs> And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. <laughs> so the Spirit of God is what the one continues to love. And He shall direct. And He shall direct your path. And lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him Amen. and he shall direct and he shall direct your path are you confused about something trust in the Lord with all your heart and if I fake and lean on on you own understanding in all your ways acknowledge you know you have wicked Pharisees they have the only mind becoming supposed to you and he shall direct your body somebody give the Lord some praise rise up your feet you want to just talk to the Lord I don't know what this message means to you but I believe that there's somebody who has a need and you want to present it to the Lord today. Just talk to the Lord right now. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezaokolipa.com or call 0546-36-3957. God bless you.